Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about Awakening Reformation podcasts, we're a part of Rebel Alliance Media Network, so go to rebelalliancemedia.com, subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media in iTunes or where podcasts are found. Also, if you would like to contribute financially to us, you can go to patreon.com slash rebelalliance. Yep, you could do that. We greatly appreciate it. (laughs) And tonight we are beginning a new series. We are. What is our new series we're starting? We're pretty excited about it, actually. This is going to be fun doing some research, you know? It's a little bit more labor intensive. It is. We we have come to realize. (laughs) (laughs) But it will be good, though. And so this new series that we're talking about is going to be called Uncovering the Origins. And we are going to talk about a bunch of different cultural... Uh, organizations or entities or even ideologies that it seems that our culture just accepts and maybe doesn't think twice about. And so we're going to talk about the origins of these things and just hopefully share some information that's beneficial to Christians and how Christians should think about these things and what a Christian's response should be to certain organizations and, and ideologies. Yeah, exactly. So tonight's episode... Our inaugural episode in this series is going to be on child protective services slash health department. So to begin with, CPS goes by different names in different states, right? I mean, depending on the state that you're in, it could be called child protective services, child and family services, or a variation thereof. So what essentially is the purpose of child protective services well before we actually talk about cps i think we should talk about the actual health and human services department because that's what cps falls under okay cps which is child protective services Mm -hmm. falls under the health and human services department this is like it's a federal department right yeah and so this is actually a cabinet position yeah which means that it, the the person who's running the health department, Secretary. the health and human services, is appointed by the president. Yep. With the oversight of Congress and yeah. whatnot. But so it is a very important job that is given to someone by the president of the United States. Yeah. And I think what we're going to talk about will show you that there are some very big and important decisions made by this department. Yes, for sure. So... Um, The health department or health and human services first began in 1953 under President Eisenhower. It used to be called Health, Education, and Welfare Department. And then just as recently as 1980 became the Health and Human Services Department. So it's even had some pretty recent development. This one's kind of tricky because this idea of child protective services and the health department has sort of morphed and changed over honestly hundreds of years mm-hmm. because we can look back on when the first quote unquote CPS or child protective agency began and mm-hmm. it, that dates all the way back to 1690. Wow. So which, well before America even had independence from Great Britain. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't called 
CPS back then, but there was mm-hmm. like this little faction of people, if you will, that w- were <laughs> actually looking out for like abandoned children, you know, p- children that were neglected, that sort of thing. And it's just sort of developed over the course of American history into today's world, where now we actually have the Health and Human Services Department, and then underneath them is Child Protective Services. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. I think it's just interesting to point out the fact that it's very recent that some of the developments are, because a lot of us have grown up with knowing what CPS is. Yeah. And so I don't know why, just for me, that's interesting to see that it's that it is a recent... Yeah, as recent as 1980. Yeah, so... Um, so CPS, like I said, has had several different versions, has taken on different faces, if you will, throughout, yeah, throughout the centuries. I think when it began, it it began with good intentions at this time in history, 16 or 1690. I mean, everything was quite chaotic, to be really honest with you. And I think there probably were children who came into the new world whose parents had died and were neglected and starving. And yeah. So I, th- I think it probably did begin for good reasons. Gotcha. It quickly changed into something not quite <laughs> so great. But um, in 1853 began children's the children's aid society Mm -hmm. and that started in new york city actually where we began to see large masses of immigration and if you know anything about immigration in new york city you know that oftentimes families were separated or people would come over and uh if you had any type of illness or any type of disease disease, disability like you weren't allowed to stay so a lot of times families were separated if the children were healthy the children could stay in the new world and the parents would go back or you know families would be separated so there were children who were abandoned or entire families that came over and then the parents would get ill become ill and then children would be orphaned or yeah things would happen yeah people got diseases frequently on the journey over the water well, in New York City has seen its fair share of plagues. <laughs> to this day. Yeah. Well, so, not a plague, but... Um, but this Children's Aid Society began to help these children who were living in the streets and were neglected. Yeah. Um, they were placed in, quote, foster care homes. Okay. They were not nearly as regulated as foster care homes supposedly are nowadays. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, these children were basically traded into like the workforce. They would get sent to a farm upstate or what have you, and yeah. they would just become free laborers. Yeah, well, and this is before a lot of the child, child labor, labor laws. laws. Yeah, that's probably what led to the creation of those. Yeah, so that was an early uh, form of CPS. Gotcha. Government coming in, taking neglected children, putting them into a, quote, safer home. Child Aid Society. Child Aid Society. Okay. This, once again, morphed, took on different facets, and Mm -hmm. here we are today. Thunder's going to kill us. You know that, right? Dang, that's... I don't know if... If it picks it up, that's kind of (laughs) cool. That's like organic sound effects. If only we were talking about something horrific. Well, this is kind of (laughs) horrific. That's true. So the motto of CPS is a Latin phrase, which I'm probably going to butcher. It's parents patre. Okay. So this just means parent of the nations. So essentially what they're saying is they are the parent of all the children in the nations. So obviously, if you're a Christian, that should automatically alarm you. You should be shook. Yes, because God has appointed parents to be 
the parents, parents. <laughs> you know, not, not the state to be parents. And this is where, where we want to bring out uh, this thing Abraham Kuyper always talked about called sphere sovereignty, mm-hmm. which I think was incredibly helpful. And in the Bible, you do see that there's sovereignty given to the state, there's sovereignty given to the church, and then there's sovereignty given to the family. Those are the three main places outside of God and yourself that are to govern things. Mm-hmm. And nowhere in the Bible do you see this state ever given jurisdiction over the family in that way of parenting. Right. Never. If anything, you the church may have exhortation to parents to raise their kids up correctly. Well, and to encourage morality. Yeah, and that would just be a that would be one sphere of sovereignty saying, "Hey, stay in your lane, do what you're supposed to do in your lane." Mm-hmm. Not to jump into that lane and start exercising sovereignty where it's not supposed to. Well, and this might be a good place to talk about the Child Abuse Prevention Act of 1974, because that is when the government decided that CPS would be required to prevent, identify, and treat child abuse. So, once again, stay in your lane. Like, how does the state prevent child abuse? Like, how do you right. change the hearts of people? Yeah. You can. Like, it's like you, super big brother. You're powerless to change the hearts of sinners, which is essentially what causes parents to mistreat or neglect their children. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the state believes they could even prevent child abuse by more education or, you know, higher fines or higher penalties. Yeah. Crimes, like, yeah. that's not how you change the heart. Right. Identifying child abuse or child neglect, perhaps treating child abuse once again like that's perhaps perhaps like physically like if a child has a broken bone yes but like the spiritual ramifications of abuse or what have you like the state is woefully inadequate to treat those types of forms of abuse yeah and in all of this a christian has to ask by what standard yeah because we live by a biblical standard what are they living by we would love it if they lived and functioned by a biblical standard, we know for sure they do not. Exactly. And, and especially on the healing end of things, they're not offering the gospel for healing for uh, Whoa, abuse. That's thunder. That's the thunder. <laughs> totally leaving all of that in. This is cool. <laughs> um, the the state's certainly not going to look at a child being abused and, and then say, you really just need to um, uh, hear the gospel. Yeah. And you need to you need to cling to Jesus and you need to um, seek him for all your you know riches and of wisdom. And no, yeah, they're going to send him to a psychologist, put him on medication, uh, do all kinds of things that have proven to not be helpful. But because they can't acknowledge God as God, that's where they send kids. And so by what standard? Well, mm-hmm. their standard is ridiculous and erroneous. And it's proven to be inadequate yeah, time exactly. and time again. So let's talk about the Freedom of Information Act, shall we? Okay, why not? <laughs> Say what you will about the Freedom of Information Act, and that could probably be a whole nother episode in and of itself, right? Yeah, no kidding. But the Center for Effective Government did a poll in the year 2015, okay. which it analyzed 15 different government agencies. Okay. So what exactly that analysis looked like, I'm not entirely sure. But I do know that in this analysis, 
the health department, health and human services, actually scored second to lowest. Dang. It actually got a failing grade, having answered correctly only 57 out of 100 questions. Let that sink in. It's trying to right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... So, once again, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I know that what happened, some of the notes were on what I was reading, Mm -hmm. was basically that the Health and Human Services Department failed to give adequate transparency where transparency was required of them. So, this kind of lends to the claims that we heard from a gentleman that used to work for CPS. Well, if you are living under a rock... Perhaps you've not heard about some of the crisis is happening in yeah. CPS right now. People are are quitting their jobs. Mm-hmm. The CPS, the Health and Human Services Department, actually as a whole, and also CPS in the state of Texas, I believe, is under federal investigation for not good tons of different claims of child neglect, of falsified documents. I mean, you name it. People are actually going online now and protesting, making videos, um, sharing their stories on social media, talking about how the government is kidnapping their children in the state of Texas in particular. Wow. That in the state of Texas, it has become such an epidemic for CPS to come in and remove a child from the home without having any evidence whatsoever. Zero evidence of any type of abuse or neglect happening. They'll take the child from the home. They'll place it into a foster home Mm -hmm. until the parent who is accused of some type of abuse Mm -hmm. can prove themselves innocent, which goes against everything our country believes in. Like you are innocent until proven guilty in America. And you shouldn't be charged with anything until there is evidence too. evidence. But that's not how this works. Your kid's being taken away from you, which is a penalty like that's from that's if you're guilty your kid gets taken so there's a few problems constitutionally with this one yeah like you're innocent until proven guilty Mm -hmm. but it's the opposite when cps is involved and you're accused of any type of um, issue but actually earlier today i was doing a little bit of research and i actually went on cps new york okay and i looked up what it would take for me to file a complaint or file an accusation against someone Okay. If I wanted to to claim that someone was abusing their child, what would that require of me? Okay. Get what, this? What you can do this online you? anonymously. What? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so anyone at any point can file a claim that someone is ab- abusing their child completely anonymously. From a different state even then. As long as you have internet access. As long as you know of the person that lives in that state, right? So you, need, you, you could leave the state and have an enemy that was your neighbor... Go file a complaint. And this is some of the problem, actually. We were When we were listening to this man, uh-huh. I don't remember his name. Maybe we shouldn't even share his name. Yeah, probably not. Um, who used to work for CPS, he said that in like 86% of the cases, there was zero evidence of any type of abuse or neglect. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, what they actually traced it back to were feuding parents fighting over custody mm-hmm. or neighbors who were tired of listening to their neighbors children make noise yeah um just ridiculous things like that if you are unhappy with someone you just make an anonymous yeah he said if the if the neighbor was upset they can make an anonymous claim and just claim um they smoke pot and there's kids in the house and since smoking marijuana was considered abuse on the kids even if it's legal he said even if it's legal like in states like colorado washington whatever and they would come in and and take the kids 
Yeah. He knew of cases like this. So here's the problem, though. If in 86% of the cases, these children actually are not being abused or neglected, but regardless of zero evidence being held, these children get placed into a foster care home. Here are mm-hmm. some statistics. Okay. Okay. And we can talk about foster care a whole nother day. Yeah. But if a child is placed into foster care, they are four times more likely to be sexually abused than when they are put in any other environment. Wow, it's devastating. Either by the foster parent or by the other children in the home. Four yeah. times more likely. Dang. They are 95% more likely to be neglected. 95? By 95% more likely to be neglected by their foster parent caregivers yeah. than they would be if they had just stayed, with their, stayed with their parents. So it's for money. That All that tells me is that most foster parents, I know it's not all of them because I've known some good ones. No, they're a very good Christian yeah. foster parent. And more Christians should be involved in the foster care system. Yeah. That's um, part of the problem. Amen. But what that tells me, though, is that most of them are doing it for the money. They're not actually doing it because they love kids. Well, here's another thing. But, yeah. For every child that's removed from a, quote, hazardous home or mm-hmm. dangerous home and placed into a foster home, yeah. the Health and Human Services Department gets kickbacks from the federal government, which then trickles down to the CPS workers and ultimately to the foster parents themselves. Like, you're paid to foster children. Yeah, so if if the foster system is growing... The Department of Health and Human Services has to go to Congress and go, hey, I need more money. We Mm -hmm. need to be able to give money to these families to take care of these children. So it bloats the department. It bloats the foster care system by by doing that. This is essentially like kidnap. It's human trafficking. Yeah, it's government-sanctioned kidnapping. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And this is not to say there aren't actual cases of real abuse happening. But there also is something... There's a distinction that needs to be made between actual crime, like a parent is actually literally doing a crime to a child. Right. It is starving them. It is legitimately like... Like actually abusing them. Yeah. Like you are... Punching them. Like children are coming into the hospital with broken ribs and broken bones. Like, And this is the thing. With cases like that, there will be evidence, you know? Mm -hmm. There will be evidence of children having had repeated broken ribs or broken legs, broken arms, bruises. Like these things are easily found out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if they're not reported, all you have to do is do an MRI on the child and you'll see where the child has had previous trauma. Like you can actually find actual evidence, which is a biblical form of justice. Mm -hmm. Like we require, God's word requires that if someone's going to be punished for a crime, that there is actually witnesses, which would include medical evidence. Evidence. Yeah. Yeah. If the kid was perfectly fine coming home from school. But then now, after being with dad, has a huge mark on him. Obvious. It it is a fine line because Christians obviously support spanking appropriately as a form of discipline. Mm -hmm. Which is not illegal. That's not illegal. Right. Yeah. And uh, most states are different. They have Some states have some weird laws about corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. But there is obviously a line you cross into abuse. Okay, so here's some of the problems, too. Like, legally, we talked about how in America you're innocent until proven guilty. But also, Mm -hmm. our Constitution says that we have the right to know who our accusers are, which is the Sixth Amendment. Yes. The whole idea that you can anonymously report someone Mm -hmm. is actually unconstitutional. Yeah, and they say that you cannot share that person's identity to the accused if they don't want to. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is unconstitutional. Yeah, it is. And more than that, it's unbiblical. Right. 
because we do require witnesses. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to report something, but then not agree to be a witness, no, it, yeah. it would basically nullify itself. Yeah, because you are one of the witnesses. Yeah, you would say, I saw this person do this right. or not do this, and so now I'm a witness. Right. If you're not willing to do that, then you should be silent. If you are accusing falsely, according to the Bible, you would receive the penalty uh, instead of the other person. Whatever the penalty would be if they had been con- convicted mm-hmm. is what you should receive if you are a false witness. Right. So whatever the penalty would have been for the parent that you're accusing of abuse, mm-hmm. that you're lying about, that should be your punishment for lying. Yeah, that's the biblical standard. On that note, we're going to take a break and give you a commercial and then we will be right back. Hey guys, this is Brian. And this is Jesse. And we run Reconciled Media. We create reformed, presuppositional, and postmillennial content. Check out Reconciled Radio, where we've interviewed guests like Joel McDermott and Darren Doan, and the Alpina Antithesis, where we engage the issues and events around our community from a full orb, faith for all of life, Christian worldview. Both shows can be found on Apple Podcasts at Reconciled Media. Go to Facebook.com slash Reconciled Media to stay up to date with our latest content, memes of the week, and our Reconciled recommendations. Thanks, and go cultivate a kingdom culture. Talking about CPS and what were you going to say? The Health Dave? and Human Services Department. Yeah. So what were you saying? So here's the irony of all ironies, though. The okay. same federal government that is funding these, just call it like state-run kidnaps, yeah, kidnapping, state-run kidnapping, is also giving money to kill babies in the womb. And what do you mean? What I'm saying is this government who says that every child deserves to live mm-hmm. in a safe environment mm-hmm. and be cared for and loved is also turning around and giving money to Planned Parenthood and likewise organizations mm-hmm. and saying, but it's okay to terminate a child's life right? blatantly and unapologetically. This tells me the government cares very little about children, actually. This does not mean that there aren't perhaps child protective service workers that care for children. There, right. I'm sure there is one or two really good Christian CPS workers. Like, I am not saying there aren't. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is this whole, this whole department is broken. Yeah. You know? Well, obviously, the department loves controlling our kids. The government loves controlling our kids. That's what I was going to say. The government, the government has literally said, parents, potry. 
we your children belong to us. Right. They're ours. We will educate them. We will determine whether they're being abused or not. And if we do... Uh, we'll determine where they live. Yeah. What type of drugs they're put on. If they're yeah. put into a foster home, guess what? The government gets to decide what medication those children are on. The foster parents don't even get to decide that. That's insane. And you know what else? If children in a foster home are placed on medications, that foster home and that organiz- that um, that department, that health department, gets more money. Right. And that's where the scandal of it is. Mm-hmm. Well, more of the scandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also, if you want to murder your baby before it comes out of the womb, we're okay with that. And we'll give you money for that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll subsidize that, too. Mm-hmm. Because either way, we're controlling the next generation. We're yeah. by killing them yep. and keeping them quiet mm-hmm. or by drugging them, putting them in foster homes away from parents where a parent who actually does care for their child mm-hmm. um, in cases like homeschool parents or which is honestly a large percentage of cases are homeschooling parents yeah. are not allowed to influence their children. Yeah. And we'll educate them brainwash them with Mm -hmm. our ideologies with how we think you need to grow up and live and if you think we are crazy you guys seriously just do a little bit of research start googling like cps horror stories or cases of children being taken from Mm -hmm. their parents for no reason like the texas cps just google that like there's so much it is becoming an epidemic yeah that's shocking because you don't hear about it a whole lot it's not obviously it's not publicized Mm -hmm. but unless you're close to a family who's experiencing it you in my own family in my own immediate family two of my family members in the last nine months have had cps allegations brought up against them really and have been released of charges Uh but have had like a nightmare of a time during those investigations because CPS assumes you are harming your child. Well, in their government, like when it's government, any kind of insubordination or, you know what I mean, disagreeing with them or yeah, if you act innocent, obstinate towards them, yeah. then that heightens it to a whole new level because it's a government agency. Because you're not going along with what they're accusing you of. And like what parent would? What parent would stand know, there right? and be accused of terrible, terrible things, mm-hmm. harming their children, sexually assaulting their children, what have you, and just stand there and take it without being emotionally uh, affected by that. But if if you don't go along with what they're accusing you of, yeah. now you're being insubordinate. Yeah. And it's a greater deal. And it's just, it really is a nightmare, y'all. Like, do some research. This is a terrible organization. This should be disbanded. And what should start happening is that the church and the the spheres that Grant was talking about mm-hmm. earlier need to start actually stepping up and acting in the roles that God has given to them. So, like, government needs to stand up and actually start prosecuting criminals. Yes. Absolutely. Do that. Church, you need to actually start working on this, like, prevention thing. You know? Like... Yeah. The New Testament said, you know, true, true religion is taking care of widows and orphans, right? And so if there are kids that are being orphaned by their parents being put in jail mm-hmm. because they've committed crimes or what have you, that these kids are cared for, that all that churches actually care more about, you know, building orphanages or church families are are getting into the foster care system and doing it the right way rather than worrying about how fancy their church building is, mm-hmm. right? 
put the focus on where it's supposed to be. So what what would society look like then if there really were cases of children coming into a hospital with broken ribs, broken bones, it's discovered like the father is legitimately beating the child almost, Mm -hmm. you know, to an inch of death. What should happen? The government comes in, does what the government should do, puts the father, you know, in jail or does whatever sentencing they need to do. The mother then is left, I'm assuming if she's not also a perpetrator in this whole thing, then she and the child are left, then the church ought to step up and say, hey, we've got you. Like, we'll take care of the orphan and the widow. We will help you. We don't need to put this child into a foster care system if the mother is perfectly capable of handling um, mothering this child now that the abuser is gone. Or if the mother is the abuser as well, then Mm -hmm. she needs to be prosecuted too. And now this child's an orphan, and yes, someone in the church will take on this child. Now the hospital and the police department call up the local church and say, hey, I have an eight-year-old here whose parents are going to jail. Is there anyone in your congregation that will take him? Right, exactly. Like, that's what should happen. And there should be dozens saying me. me, Yeah, just waiting for that phone call. Absolutely. That's how this ought to work. The government shouldn't have to come in and play family. Exactly. And, And interestingly enough, whenever the government does do that... What happens? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The things that they implement are not biblical and they're not helpful. What has happened to our society in the last 50 years, especially, is that the government has tried to play family. And it's degraded the family. Yeah, everyone's disconnected. Everyone hates each other. Fathers are absent. Mothers are off playing whatever feminist game they're Mm -hmm. deciding they're playing today, living their best life, having some self-care. And children are raising themselves. And it's doing nothing but tear our society apart. I shouldn't say that. Children are not raising themselves. The public school system is raising them. Yeah. That's who's raising children today. Right. It's not the mother. It's not the father. Fathers are absent. Mothers are living their feminist lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The public school, the government-funded school, is yeah. raising children. Yep. The public school curriculum is raising the kids because teachers are tied to it anyway. Because from 8 in the morning till 4 at night, children yep. are in school or on the bus and then there's government-funded after-school activities. Well, they're doing homework all night, too. So <laughs> It's all tied together. So what parenting really needs to be done by mom and dad? Mm-hmm. If mom and dad actually are part of the you know equation. Right. Nothing. Nothing needs to be done. So the fact that government can actually come in and, like, improve upon families, prevent, type, you know, abuse in families and treat child abuse. No, that's not. It's, it's not going to happen. So in conclusion, what we're saying is that the entire Health and Human Services Department in regards to CPS just needs to be done away with. Yeah, this is one of those things where we're like, okay, maybe you started with good intentions, but now it's it's so corrupted all the way throughout and there's nothing, none of those good intentions are left. Right. We'd probably just be better off nixing the entire thing. Yeah. Like I said, if these if these spheres that God has put in place right. were to function like they ought, we wouldn't need CPS. Yeah, exactly. So, so bigger government doesn't actually solve any of the world's problems. <laughs> the government acting like the government ought to act yeah. does. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> the church acting like the church ought to act does, you know, and, yeah, exactly. and so on and so forth. And the family. And... This, too, is where Christians, I think, ought to have a plan in place, especially if you are a homeschool family, Mm -hmm. um, because they tend to be the target of this sort of thing, 
if you are a homeschool family, I would highly suggest. Yeah, be a part of the HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Yeah, they will have your back in case anything were to happen. Um, you pay dues once a year. I don't think it's super expensive. And then if anything happens, you have a lawyer at your fingertips. Um, I think churches ought to have a plan of attack. If a pastor gets a phone call from someone in their congregation that says, hey, this just happened to me. The pastor has a phone number to give that congregant. They have a plan of action. I just think that Christians need to be aware of what's going on and not be blindsided because this is becoming an epidemic. And if you live in Texas, move. Yeah. And (laughs) no kidding. And at, at every turn possible, claim your parents' rights. Make sure that we don't forget that these are incredibly important. And just because, you know, the government is really pushing you for a certain bill that they want or something to be passed. But what it means is you losing more of your parental rights. Mm -hmm. You need to say no to that. Kids are being taken away from parents just because the parents won't give them a certain vaccination. Once again, I don't care where you stand on the vaccination debate. But the government shouldn't be but coming in telling us. But the government has no business telling a parent what shot a child should get. Right. And so that's the, yeah, that's part of the parental rights things that, uh, thing that I'm talking about. They shouldn't come in and tell you where you put your kid for school or how you parent any of that stuff. It's not their, it's not their lane. And so if you're a Christian, stand on that, stand on your sphere and say, no, I control this area. Mm-hmm. This is my realm. And know your state laws. Like, what are your state laws on yeah. disciplining? Can you spank your child? Like, I know, <laughs> I know when our children were really little, I had a very rambunctious little boy in my hands when I was at a, <laughs> a Walmart and I was checking out. And the checkout lady looked at me and she said, you know, it's perfectly legal to spank in the state of North Carolina so long as you don't leave a mark. (laughs) And I thought, this woman's encouraging me to spank my child. I kind of like her. kind of like this girl. Yeah. But like, good on her for knowing her law, like the law of her state. Good on her. She probably had a rambunctious boy herself. Yeah. She was an older lady and she was very kind about it. But Yeah, every state's different. So you got to look that up and see what your parameters are. And just so that you know. Uh, so someone comes and yeah. knock, knocking on your door and says, I heard that you spank your child, say, yeah, that's not against the law. Close the door. Yep. Unless you have a warrant, you, I'm not speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly. like one of, one of the things actually that that man was saying. When, it, when someone does come to your door and says, I would like to talk to you about this complaint that we had, do you have a moment to talk? Say, no. no. Don't ever talk to CPS unless they have a warrant. To That's take good. your child, then they obviously, then you have nothing to say to them. They mm-hmm. take your child and it's done. But don't ever speak. Like, you have a right to remain silent. Utilize that right. I saw that in so many articles because if That's you good. admit any guilt whatsoever, it will be used against you. Yeah, it'll be put in their report and then they can take the kid and yep. then the, there goes the chain reaction. Absolutely. Also, before we go here, mm-hmm. I want to make sure we are very clear in saying we are not advocating for abuse whatsoever, sexual, physical, any type of abuse. Yeah. It is evil in the sight of the Lord, and you need to repent. And if <laughs> there is uh, legal action that should be taken against you, we fully support that. We're not at all supporting abuse. We are saying that there are cases, many cases, like 86% which is a huge majority Mm -hmm. of cases that are false. Yeah. What we're saying is that we're condemning the overreach of 
the government into the realm of parenting. Yeah. The church ought to be doing its part and educating and equipping parents on how to parent. Mm -hmm. But the government should not reach over. That's what we're condemning. Yep. Government overreach. The church should be talking to that parent from the pulpit and every other avenue that it can that abuse is a sin and and not acceptable. And anger in your heart is a sin. Yeah. It's the same as murder. Pride is a sin. Selfishness is a sin. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, that's what we're saying. Absolutely. So, I hope that was helpful. Yeah. I hope it gave you something to think about. Pray for all those families that are in the midst of CPS battles right now because there are thousands of them and it is devastating to their families. So, yeah. and be if in you, prayer for them. And if you can, look into fostering. And pray that God would raise up more godly families to foster so that way kids are truly cared for. We need more covenant kids, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Baptize them. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you could even do that in the foster care system. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Are we good? I'm good. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. And pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a Dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. You'll see that verse 1 is my thesis It's the deepest truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into Nicked Night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb? A second time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it. Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit. No other way to enter heaven. That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent. The water symbolizes spiritual purification. Flesh can only produce flesh. That's true and factual. Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural. It's kind of like the wind, which is free. East to west can't perceive the steps. You can only see its effects in the same way the Holy Spirit chooses to be Jesus, to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. If 
If it wasn't for the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We would all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1, yeah And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause, it changes our natural habitation The situation, it's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted so my dirt was inexcusable with new internal pupils his person is beautiful his worth is indisputable the lamb is amazing a standing ovation for his work in the crucible so let us respond with true worship and love to the god who was given new birth from above